Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode number 376, I am finally bringing on the show Jennifer Pepito. Finding these beautiful examples of character and hope and some of the values that are important to you as a family and sharing them through stories is a beautiful way to shape your children's worldview, their character, and even your family identity. Jennifer is a mom to seven. She has been homeschooling for over 25 years and she owns the Peaceful Press, which resources parents with curriculum that helps connect them. It's also living education, using reading aloud and nature. And she is a contributor to the Wild and Free podcast. Today we're getting real because you might've heard all that and been like, oh my goodness, she is super mom. I will never measure up. Well, we're talking about fear today. And she is super honest about challenges she's walked through. And along with that, I just want you to know this is not an episode for little ears. So here's your earbud warning. Also, the topic of tragedy from self-inflicted death comes up. And so if if you or someone you love is struggling with similar thoughts, I just want to encourage you to get the help you need from your church or from a health care provider. You can call or text 988 24 hours a day and speak with a specialist. We also talk about the topic of forgiveness and creating a family vision statement and a really practical way to overcome this fear, which is through an activity Jennifer and myself have enjoyed with our kids, which is reading aloud. We share some of our favorite books. Um, I know you are going to be encouraged by this episode. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Jennifer, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm so excited to be here, Heather. I love listening to you and I'm so excited that we get to chat together. Well, it's been a long time coming. When I was going to go email you about doing this, I saw that we had talked four years ago about you coming on the show. Every time there's like an episode that I'm like, yes, I love that, Heather. And then I email and say, hey, I'll, <laughs> I'll come talk here. I'll come talk on your podcast too about that subject. So I yes, love we, that I'm here now. We've connected on inner healing prayer experiences and so many other things that you've experienced in your mom journey that women are learning from you. Introduce real quickly everyone to your family. And I know you have a lot of children, maybe like oldest <laughs> to youngest yeah. span and how many. Yeah. So I'm... Jennifer Papito. I'm the mom of seven children. The oldest is 28 and the youngest is 13. And I've been married for nearly 32 years. I'm really proud of that. And um, I am the founder of the Peaceful Press, which is a company that helps families with literature-based learning in their homeschool. And the, the author of Mothering by the Book, my new book. My new book. Congratulations. So we are headed into a series, and I don't know if my listeners, I think I've mentioned it, but if you haven't heard, the next few weeks, we're going to have a series on the podcast going through different ages and stages and have experts come on. Because when I asked listeners what they needed help with, I was getting the gamut from toddler tantrums to teen (laughs) troubles, if I'm going to stick with my T's. And so we're going to do that series. But I thought before we jumped into it, I'd love to kind of set the stage talking to you about where some of our struggles in parenting these different stages comes from our fears 
And just like this insecurity, especially with those first one or two, or maybe, you know, we have an only child and we just don't want to fail. We don't want to mess up. We don't, we want to do the right thing. And so there are things we can control and there are things we can't. And I thought we could talk through that. So moms don't feel alone in some of those fears and give them direction. Yeah. And it's so true because some of these things, you know, my book is about overcoming fear, but some of these things, we don't necessarily think of them as fears. Like we might think in the middle of potty training, I will never potty train this kid. Like we are going to be peeing on the floor forever. Like people you know, say, or, well, they won't wear a diaper to college. I'm like, mine might. Mine yes, might. Yes, sometimes it feels like that. Or, yeah. you know, with, with the baby years, like when you're waking up at night, it can feel like I will not survive this. This is going to last forever. But that is one of the things that really actually can help us overcome fears is to remember this too shall pass. This, this will pass. This is not going to last forever. Whatever hard situation you're in, it's not going to last forever. You will get through it and you'll be stronger for it. So I think when you're in the middle of these situations, it's it's easy to get so engulfed in the discomfort and the anxiety about it. But if we can just remember, you know what? Yes, my child will potty train. We are not going to be in this forever. Or or my teen will, you know, this this situation we're dealing with right now, this is not forever. There's going to be a brighter day. Yeah. On the other side. Yeah. And not, you know, speaking life to ourselves about the situation. I was talking to, uh, there's a couple moms in our community who have six children. So they have kids still my kids age, but then they have kids who are grown, married and grandkids. And so they have gone through all the stages. They have, you know, when they get to their their sixth child, they're like, well, we have done that well, but they're not grieving it in the same way as some might because they've done it fully and they're seeing the end and they're seeing the beauty of these young adults and that their investment is coming through whatever that looks like. I mean, it's not going to, it's not no guarantee that the outcome for our children is what we hope, but they have the gift of having adults. <laughs> and then, so if you're in a classroom or if you're in a community, look for the mom who has the oldest children <laughs> to give right, you because, for the season because, you're in. Yeah. Part of yeah. that is perspective. You know what I mean? Yes. Because we do think, oh, if my child doesn't pass this test or doesn't do this thing, I'm going to die, you know, yeah. but when we find the older moms, they have survived all that and they still live to tell about it. And, you know, hopefully they're still happy. I'm I mean, we, you know, as a family, we've gone through seizures and, you know, operations that didn't go well and learning disabilities and eating disorders and, and marriage issues, all the stuff. And as a family, we've lived to tell about it. We still love each other. We still love Jesus. And I think that that is the, the beauty of experience. And so I think even for those moms right now who are in a hard season, you know, there's the Bible verse that says the testing of our faith produces patience. And, and, and then it goes on to say that it produces hope. So I think that recognizing that the hard thing you're going through, you're going to get through it. And on the other side, your character is going to be more beautiful. Your testimony is going to be more hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a mom right now that she needed to hear that right this second, because things can feel dark and fear can grip us. And oftentimes we don't see it. Was there a season like in your motherhood in particular, or is fear kind of woven through all of your years where you struggled with fear? 
Yeah, I mean, there there were obviously all of the main things that moms deal with, but we I had a daughter with an eating disorder and there was a season with her that was so frightening because she was working at a camp where the director's daughter had committed suicide earlier that year. Mm. And then I had this depressed daughter. So it was easy for me to imagine the worst outcome. Yeah. And some of that was based on the experience we were having. I mean, it was, it was a really like grind, you know, that reminds me of lamentations. Like I felt like my teeth were just ground in the gravel because it was so hard to redirect my mind and be hopeful when I was getting these, you know, because my daughter was away working at this camp and I was getting these calls, like kind of desperate, discouraged calls, but we did make it through, you know, we did make it through and she, her faith is intact and her health is in, in, um, strengthened. And so I think it is these testimonies that help us then when the next trial comes, because I wasn't the last trial I ever faced in my life, you know, but when you've made it through one trial and you have seen God work, you've seen his faithfulness, you've seen him come through. And sometimes the outcome isn't what we're hoping for, we're praying for, but God's going to carry us through. He's faithful. He will never leave us or forsake us. And we can trust him, whatever that circumstance is, he is with us. Yeah. So as you have perspective and you have the 28-year-old and the 13-year-old still, what encouragement can you give us when we have these fears come up and in the hardest things that we would all agree are the hardest things. And even in the daily things where we're just fearful, we are, are messing up. We are messing up our kids. Sometimes in mothering communities, there's a ranking that there's choices and there's really excellent choices. If you're a really good mom, you do this. And if you're not, you do this. And we can fear that if the only option we have is the one everyone's decided is not the best one that we're, our kids are going to, they're not going to turn out. Well, you know, so my book is about overcoming fear, but really at the core of, of, you know, and it's about overcoming fear through reading a lot, but the core of that is each chapter, how I discovered or sort of internalized the truth that I was loved. And then once you you believe, you believe, you believe that you're loved by God, then it doesn't matter what other people think about you. Do I mean, then we can let go of that. And and really there's a lot of like practical steps in there. But I think one of the biggest things I did was just say, Jesus, you know, I'm feeling so afraid right now. Can you come and be with me right now? Whether that was, you know, journaling out that prayer or just sitting quietly with the Lord in some way, just inviting him to be close where I, I, I really felt his love for me. I really, in an, in a way that I hadn't before, because I feel like, you know, we know the scriptures, we know the Bible says that we are loved, but sometimes we just need to feel that hug of God. You know, it does take a lot of self-confidence to not worry about if your friend's kids are great at sports and your yours aren't, or not feel bad if your child is struggling in school and your, your sister's kids are the A class, the A plus students, you know, whatever it is, it takes a lot of just like, knowing your love, because that's at the, at the heart of overcoming fear is having faith. And what are we having faith? in? we're having faith that there's a God who loves us, who will never leave us or forsake us, who has our back. And mm-hmm. sometimes to get to that place of really knowing that it just takes being quiet with him and letting him comfort us. Yeah. And you, and I know the supernatural experience of that versus I could tell you right now, oh, Jennifer, you are loved by God. That's neat. 
Thanks, Heather. But being in God's presence and supernaturally allowing the Holy Spirit to communicate to the deepest parts of your soul, his abundant love that's unlike anything we've ever experienced on earth is a different thing. It is. It's true. And and it's like, you know, I know the word of God. I know the written word of God. So the voice of a stranger, I will not follow. I think moms sometimes are afraid that if they try to listen to God talking to them, they're going to be led astray. But when we know the word of God, we will know the voice of God. That's what the Bible says. It says, my sheep know my voice, you know? And so I know God's word. I know what his promises are. So when I'm praying I'm saying, God, how am I going to get through this season? And I feel like God says to me, I will carry you. Mm. That is what the Bible says. So I'm not, I'm not having some weird out there thought. I'm just, it's a confirmation of what the word of God already says to me, but I heard it personally for myself. And so the next time I'm in a hard situation, I can remember, you know what? God said he would carry me through this season. And I'm going to trust that he will carry me. He's faithful. Mm, So good. Such a good reminder, especially as we do begin another school year. And there's, you know, there's a lot of hope for new school years, but there's also a lot of trepidation and fears and comparing and. Right. And and I think, you know, I just was listening to somebody and they talked about how important it is to get a little bit of alone time, like whether it's taking a walk or journaling, because I think what makes the fears bigger is when we don't have enough quiet time to process, you know, like, you know, when you go to class and your child does do something embarrassing and then you, you just get into the shame spiral instead, take a minute to journal out how you felt and and that you were embarrassed and maybe, maybe shed a few tears. Don't just push past that feeling because then the next day you'll probably be manipulative and controlling with your child and try to like force, you know, force them or shame them. So they don't shame you again. But if instead we take the time to just sort of grieve the experience, cry it out if we need to process it, then the next day we'll still be fresh and sweet and happy with our kids instead of being driven by shame. That is a word right there. That's a word all in itself that can apply to lots of situations. Totally. Cause it's so easy as yeah, as moms to get wrapped up in shame when our kids don't perform well, but when we know we're loved, their performance doesn't reflect, it doesn't take away our identity. doesn't make us less of a person just because our kid has a bad day. It's yeah. just, it's unrelated. And we can feel that in different ways, whether we're the homeschool mom or whether we're doing the meet the teacher and we're getting feedback from a teacher outside our home. You know, I was homeschooled. I don't know if you knew that, but I, I know my I mom felt the pressure to be mom and teacher and that's real. And I also know for myself personally, like me going to meet the teachers or having those teacher conferences. Oh my gosh. I always braced myself for what feedback I was going to get. And to take and make that time to process it is such wise counsel because that is what we can control. And you and I are going to talk about that. There are things that we think are in our control. And then we start living our mothering lives and realize, oh my gosh, no. Right. And there, there are things we can't, but then there are things we can and making that time journaling, dealing with our own shame spirals instead of projecting it is one of those things, right? Wherever your kids are being educated at home, public, private school, I wanted to connect you with a great option to supplement their learning whether wherever that learning is happening. I have really found OutSchool to be a fantastic resources for all my kids. They have options for kids ages 3 to 18 with y'all so many different subjects. It's 
amazing if you go and search the classes they have available. Whether your child enjoys magical math mysteries or creating art or edible chemistry or guitar lessons, singing lessons, acting, they need help with social skills. All of these things are available and I just love that they make it fun and you can do it from home. So you're not driving kids all around to all the different activities. I have loved that um, one of my sons really wants to learn guitar and we can sign up for those lessons throughout school and he can do individual or he could do group. I have researched, you know, different social skills based on interest. And if your kid has a unique interest in a video game or a book or some topic, you are going to find the right option for them at OutSchool. And if you want, if you head over to outschool.com slash DMA and use the code DMA, you're going to learn more and save $15 on your child's first class. That's outschool, O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L.com slash DMA. You're going to save $15 on your child's first class. Outschool.com slash DMA, code DMA. What else would you say on that? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, dealing with that is so important. One of the things that's really been powerful for me, honestly, is a practice of forgiveness, both mm-hmm. forgiving myself, like very actively saying, God, thank you for, for your forgiveness. Because of your forgiveness, I choose to forgive myself for the way I, you know, yelled at my kid or shamed my child or the way that my actions brought pain into my family and taking time to be really thorough about that has been huge in keeping me free, keeping, you know, keeping the atmosphere, even of our home full of grace, because the last thing Jesus did on the cross was say, father, forgive them. They know not what they do. But when we hang on to unforgiveness towards ourselves, or maybe it's your own parents, maybe you're looking at the mistakes they made and then you're letting that manipulate you. But I think when we're really active about forgiveness, it gives us all a clean slate and helps recenter the atmosphere. Well, and with what we've been through the last two years, there might be some hurts between friends. There might be hurts from school administration, teachers. I think that's a good word to not carry that into a new year as you're trying a new experience, whether it's a new place and to like forgive the old place and move forward with fresh eyes and hearts and, or if it's the same place and to just walk in yeah. with grace. That's good. Yeah, I think that's so true because it, it has been a traumatic few years. I think, you know, a lot of us are dealing with a little bit of PTSD from so many things changing so fast. And so for sure, taking time even to forgive people you feel like you can't trust anymore or people who you feel like betrayed your um, trust is a great way to keep the slate clean for our family's sake. Like we, you know, we don't want to be chained to the past or chained to past mistakes by ourselves or others. And I think forgiveness is one of the most just clean ways of getting a fresh perspective on life. I want to ask you as an experienced mom, a lot of questions I got to about mothering were related to decisions, whether it's decisions on number of kids, which we know that most people that's a loose choice because of infertility or age. Um, but the often they'll wonder how many children should we try to conceive or adopt or have in our family, things like 
spacing of kids, which we think, you know, there's this ideal. And again, we may not have a choice over schooling. So when you're making some of these decisions as a couple or, you know, as a family, did you have a pattern of discernment or a way you went about some of that guidance and moving? I know that, you know, (laughs) Is there a perfect city to live into? And they have a great public school or, you know, you lived in Mexico, you were a missionary. So, well, for sure. We actually early on in our family life wrote a kind of like a vision statement for our family. We wrote down what our values were, what our sort of essentials were, and it really helped guide us because the things that were important to us, they were conducive to a large family. The things that were important to us did eliminate some activities And so it made it easy through the years to continue making those decisions because we had a very clearly defined family vision. Some things have changed through the years, but I think having it written down really helped us. And so that's where I would start for families is just what, what do you care about? What is important to you? Don't just go with the flow because there are so many choices and what's right for another family. Like for one family, it might be right to have 10 kids and for another family, it might not. So I think don't just do what people around you are doing, but really sit down with your spouse, with the Lord and think about what's important to our family. Like for us, missions, time outside in nature, those are always really important for us. And so we made choices to be able to live in the country, for instance, or to be able to do mission work that meant we didn't do other things. And it was really easy along the line to make those decisions because it was so clear what we weren't going to do. And I also think back to forgiveness, like if you are parenting from a place of kind of judgment towards your parents, it's going to mess everything up. Cause like for me, (laughs) I, I, my, my parents are amazing. And the older I get, the more I'm like, wow, they're really amazing. But as a young mom, I thought I could do things better. You know, they had five kids and I thought that I could probably only you know, do well with fewer kids because I felt like they were too busy or whatever. So I, I had these judgments against them that did kind of manipulate me a little bit and cause me to overcompensate or do things instead of from a place of freedom, from a place of judgment. And I think there's a lot of families who are probably like, well, my mom had only five, you know, my mom had five kids, so that's too many. Or my mom put us in public school. So now I'm in a homeschool or my mom, you know, you know, it's like all these things. I was homeschooled and I'm like, I'm not going to homeschool. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it's really important to do the forgiveness towards our parents, because then the decisions we make are from this like place of freedom instead of that place of judgment that manipulates us into doing things that might be destructive for our family if it's from the wrong motive. So I think getting all that cleared up with your parentage and your generations is a great place to start with making decisions. Cause then you're making it just like what's important to me and my husband and the Lord. Yeah, no, that's so wise. Then you're not just reacting. I think yes. what I hear is just reacting. So yeah, I think it was my husband grew up public school. I was homeschooled and we're like, we're not doing either. Like we're just like reject both. And it's, okay, maybe, but maybe there was some forgiveness. And so when one of mine asked to be homeschooled, I did have to do that and kind of reconcile some of my past because I had so written it off and it was a great year. I wouldn't trade that one year. I get a lot of credit for homeschooling one kid one year. People are like, don't you homeschool your kids? No, I don't. It was one kid one year, but it was, it was the right decision for that kid and that season of my life. And I don't regret it. And so I would just encourage, I was even having a conversation this morning with a mom when your child is 
not following the path you thought you had for them based on your community or based on this projection that you really do lean into God and what he has and how he made that individual child even uniquely. So as a family, like you have your value system, but then also knowing each kid and surrendering your plans for them to trust, especially as they get into teen years and can guide the decisions a little more that God has them. Like he has something for them that may be beyond this plan you thought you had for them. Yeah, I think that's, that's so good. And I love that you, you know, it's probably kind of a redemptive situation for you to have that year where you're like, oh, it's, it is okay. We can do this. And and then, you know, it does, I think in a way you have to, we have to face our fears as moms. And we do that first by just working through forgiveness. It's a good word. Anybody else find themselves not going shopping? for themselves, but then clicking random links from influencers for inexpensive things that aren't high quality, that you end up just accumulating a pile of stuff that you never wear and spending money. Well, I want to connect you with a great option, Stitch Fix, that's going to help you find things in your style that are high quality, that you will wear, and that are going to last. So I had a great experience with Stitch Fix recently. I have a girl's trip coming up. They said they wanted to do like a Western night on our trip. And so I wanted to get some new boots for fall. And I almost bought a cheap pair through an influencer's link. And then I was like, I'm going to check out Stitch Fix. And because I've used them before, I have all my style info on there. You take a style quiz. They know what you like. They also keep track of what you buy. So they'll tell you this would go with the top you bought. And so I went on there and I searched for boots and I found the perfect pair. They automatically have my size ready to go. So I just clicked it. The boots showed up the next day. They're so cute. I can't wait to show you um, what they look like. But if you want to try, like if you don't know exactly and you want to try it on before you buy, they have that great option where they'll send you five things to try on at home. You can keep what you love. You can send back what you don't. The shipping and the returns and the exchanges are easy and free. So if the boots didn't work or they weren't the right size, I could just send them back. There is no subscription required. So you try once or you can set up automatic delivery so you're getting a constant refresh. There are no hidden fees ever. The more you use it, the more exact they're going to be to your unique style and sizes. Sign up for Stitch Fix and get the latest things for women. You can try it for men or even your kids. If you sign up today at stitchfix.com slash DMA, you're going to get $20 off your first purchase. That's stitchfix.com slash DMA to get $20 off your first purchase. This is a limited time offer and purchase needs to happen within two days of sign up. With back to school, I am doing more meal planning. I don't know if you are, and I've been cooking more with my amazing Caraway Home non-toxic cookware, and I just really keep telling you this, but I really love it. I love the unique color that I got to pick. It makes me happy. I love the products. They truly are nonstick. They make cooking so much easier and they make cleaning up so much easier. And I have peace of mind knowing I am not adding to our toxic load with my cookware. You can even get a bakeware set, which I haven't tried yet. It looks adorable. It's an assortment of non-toxic baking essentials for your kitchen. You can bake your goods without any of the bads. 
if you want to check it out. Visit carawayhome.com slash DMA. You're going to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash DMA or use DMA at checkout. It's spelled C-A-R-A-W-A-Y. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. Okay, so I think, you know, there's a lot we can't control. And like we were just talking about controlling and talking through your values as a family, prayerfully considering decisions. You give a great option that if you're a mom of young kids or you just haven't really experienced reading aloud with your kids, I'd love to just tell moms about it because it's a part of our journey as parents. And to me, it helped me feel like if I got to the end of the day and I'm like going through the list of all the ways I failed or messed up, right? Um, which is so easy for moms to do. If I read aloud, I felt like, oh, okay, there's one thing. <laughs> I did one thing. So if you're in that season or you have lots of littles or, or you know, and only like sharing books together, I do not regret a single one that I read with my kids. Right. It's so true. And I I do think there are some of these like checkpoints, like, oh, I fed them. Good mom. (laughs) Oh, I read aloud to them. Good mom. And read the Bible. Really good mom. You know, so I I do think there are some of these checkpoints. And the the thing about reading aloud for our family is that it has created a family culture. You know, they talk a lot about how important it is for your children to feel like they're a part of your family, to have some kind of an identity. And reading aloud has become this beautiful family culture for us where we have all of these stories of like hopeful, inspiring stories that are shared memories for us. You know, we've read the the hiding place out loud together. We've talked about it. We've observed the way Corey Tenboom exhibited so much faith when it becomes part of our shared vocabulary as a family. So I, I just think, sure, some of you, it's going to be more like an audible book in the car on the way to pick up and drop off. But I think having those stories that you share with your kids they become such a part of who you are as a family. And, you know, maybe for some families that there are shows that do that for you, but I think, you know, finding these beautiful examples of character and hope and some of the values that are important to you as a family and sharing them through stories is a beautiful way to shape your children's worldview, their character, and even your family identity. And if you all are intimidated by that, that's what's so great about this mothering by the book is each chapter presents you focus in on one book that fights against a specific fear, but then you have others, whether it's a story or whether it's a guide, like a parenting guide that would help as well. And I just feel like that's such a great way to hold the hand of the mom. Who's like, I want this, this would be in my value statement for our family. This would be part of a culture, not because I think I should, but because I really love, I love reading or I love, you know, I want this, but I don't know how I never had it modeled for me. So you hold her hand for sure about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just so important. You know, like you said, there are some of these checkpoints as moms where these are things we can do to connect with our kids, because when our children feel loved by us, when they are connected, their behavior will be more mature. Their decision-making will be more responsible. And there are just, you know, some basic things like looking them in the eyes, giving them hugs, reading, sharing stories together. These basic things help our children feel like they are part of our family. They feel connected. And this does help 
with, like I said, so many other aspects of their life, as far as maturity and development that we don't even recognize, you know, it's like, I thought I was just reading out loud for part of my children's education, but it was also helping my children feel more connected and more empathetic and more compassionate. So many other benefits were coming through reading out loud. Yeah. And books that I had never really experienced, even though I was homeschooled. I mean, I have learned about through our own journey. What are like, if, okay, I know you have a lot in here and I know you've read a lot of books, but if you had a top, this book just really, our family talks about all the time and it was huge. What is that for you? You know, honestly, the endurance or the little britches would be at the top in that, in that whole category of our family talks about this a lot because in the little britches series, I mentioned one in my book and in that one, you know, he is helping his dad, they're establishing a ranch, but but through all of the stories are autobiographical about Ralph Moody. He just exhibits so much grit you know, he goes through some really hard times, like has no money and he's helping his grandfather and his grandfather's farm and his grandfather's miserable to work with. And, or he, he ends up losing everything because of a partner's bad decision and he works to pay it off. Like there's so many beautiful character examples in these super engaging stories. And it's really shaped the way we look at life or like, Hey, what would Ralph Moody do in this situation? You know, yeah. and and that's the same with the book, The Endurance, Shackleton's Endurance. And, and the funny thing is, we're people of faith. Neither one of those is necessarily a Christian book, but the character qualities are so beautiful. You know, the the in the book, The Endurance, he has to lead his men back to safety after he's made a terrible decision. And, and it, it was a it was a fluke of nature in a way, like their ship sank in Antarctica. And so their ship sank they're stuck on an iceberg. What do you do? You know, and as moms, we're so often in this situation where we feel like we've made a bad mistake and we just want to give up because we don't know what we're doing anymore. Yeah. But I watched the way Shackleton kept going, even though he, you know, supposedly made a mistake or, or, or his decision to take them down there had cost on their ship, but he doesn't give up. He keeps leading his men, being brave, being cheerful, acting like they're going to make it like, what would we do in that situation? I mean, most of us would be like, okay, I'm just going to die. I'm going to jump in the peace, water now. Peace, yeah, exactly. out. peace, peace out. out. Yeah. yeah. But he doesn't, he keeps going. And that's such an example to us as moms to just, even if we have a bad day with our kids, just do something fun, laugh with them, tickle them, read a story to them, do something to lighten the mood and keep going because tomorrow will be a better day if we keep going. But if we give up, then we are sabotaging ourselves and our family. Okay. I have not read endurance. I need to read. It's really good. <laughs> what ages? Like when you do reading aloud, when do you like, I know there are certain books for yeah, certain I read kids. that out loud to my whole family. And there might be a couple of things in there. Like it was from 1917 and it's about some sailors the version that we read out loud is called it's by Alfred Lansing. And I think maybe focus on the family wrote like a forward or something. So I don't think there's anything majorly objectionable, but these, some of these are adult stories. Like I, I'm not going to dumb the world down too much to my kids. I want them to be brave. And so I'm going to read yeah. them stories of really of heroic people. So I, I read this to my children several times over the years. And because I homeschool, you know, there might've been a five-year-old listening and a 15 year old. Right. I just read it again last year or two years ago, I guess. And that was with, um, you know, a 12 year old and a 14 year old. And kind of set up some help for people who are like trying to imagine it. I know for us, 
reading aloud time was often around bedtime. And that just became part of our routine and ritual I, because of them attending a traditional school. What did yours look like? Talk through like expectations of what they do while you're reading. I think for boys in particular, I had to adjust my expectations on that. Right. And one of my sons actually goes to bed listening to stories. Like he listened to the whole James Harriet story series. He listened to the Swiss family Robinson. So he will go to sleep listening to stories. But then I also, you know, throughout the years of our um, family life, I usually read in the morning as part of our homeschooling. And then we often would also read a chapter of a book at night. So it wasn't like we read a whole book at night. The Little House on the Prairie books are short chapters, but we would at least read a chapter a night. Now that my kids are older, I'm mostly just reading in the morning. But I think for those families in traditional school, yeah, just just put on a story at night while you guys, instead of watching a show, put on a story a couple nights a week so that there is just that interjection of maybe a little more vocabulary, a little deeper story. Because it's funny, my kids, we can listen to, we're listening to Charles Dickens' A Tale of Two Cities right now. And, you know, we tried to watch the movie for it, but it's just boring, like a movie, you know, for, for people who are used to movies made now, a movie made in the eighties or nineties is just hard to watch, Yeah, but we can listen to the story. The story is still, you know, there are some big words in there and it might take a little bit more attention, but the story is still so relevant. And especially today, as we're seeing, you know, the world kind of veer towards revolution in a sense, reading these stories and understanding what happened in history is so kind uh, of centering. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, okay, there's been hard things in the world too. Yes. <laughs> Over yeah. time. It's not the first, not the no. first time. Have you guys <laughs> read Treasures in the Snow or Treasures of the Snow? Which one is it? Of oh yeah, for sure. Snow. Patricia St. John, that is one. The non-edited like original. Yeah. This is so in our good. curriculum that we're doing this coming year with the Peaceful Press. It's one of the books. And yeah, it is one of those beautiful children's classics that really highlight compassion and empathy and and even overcoming shame. Like the boy makes such a terrible mistake and he has to overcome the, the shame and condemnation that he's facing because of it. It's a yes. great book. Yes, they read it. I think she, our fourth graders at our school, the headmaster reads it to the class that's because that's beautiful. a season when there is conflict socially often, right. especially right. boys and girls. So yeah, that sounds like a great school too. It's a great school. It's a great school. There's, I mean, so many great books out there that I did not know about. And you mentioned one, all of a kind family. That's a great one. The Saturdays. I loved that one. Have you read the Saturdays? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I think my kids have read, but I think that's by Elizabeth Enright also, isn't it? Maybe. I'm yeah. terrible with authors. I'm yeah. it's kind of like me with bands and music. I could sing you every <laughs> lyric, but I have no idea who sang it. True. That's, that's my yeah, that would be brain. my children's that would be my children's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there is a mom listening. She is so encouraged by your words about forgiveness and making time to listen to God. And she is loved and she can read aloud to her kids and you know, feel <laughs> like she is shaping their hearts and connecting with them before you have to go. I know you're so wise. I would love any words of encouragement that you would love to pass down to a mom who has young kids and in that season. You know, the biggest one I would say is just to savor the season. I think it's so easy to get 
caught up in looking towards the future and worrying about the future. And it does take a lot of the fun out of just enjoying these little people. You know, they're, I just stayed with my cousin who has four young children and they were so enchanting. Like everything they say is so adorable and they're, they're just marvelous. And that season has gone so fast and you cannot bottle it. You cannot in any way get back the wonderful things your little kids say and the the beauty of the fast transition and growth. And so if we squander it by being afraid of the future, there will be so much more regret. But if we can learn to just stay present and enjoy our children, there's going to be so much more, you know, there are lots of seasons to accomplish anything you want to accomplish. You can organize your house later. You can, (laughs) you know, do whatever it is you want to do. There'll be a season for that, but there's only one chance to savor our little children. And so I would just say, just slow down your life a little bit and enjoy this short season with your children. It's hard to do. I remember when they were all so little, I was like, it's like a room full of cute bunny rabbits. Like I know they're so cute, but I'm terrified and they they need me all the time. They're like, and you talk about that a little bit too, like that season of a homeschooling one was so great and there was so much joy. And then the more you have and just everybody's needs pop up like whack-a-mole, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the dirty diaper and then the spilled this and the, this, I don't know about you, but sibling rivalry here. And so, yeah. Yeah, yeah it how, does. What, get, it could get so intense. Yeah. But I think a lot of the intensity came back to my being worried. Oh, if they're fighting, will they always fight? Or, oh, if they didn't do all their score today, will they fail in college? Or, you know what I mean? It, 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 a lot of the lack of enjoyment of the season came down to the fears I was having for the future. Whereas if I could just, you know, maybe have a few things that you feel are important every day. Like for me with homeschooling, I mean, we want to get some writing and math done, but we're going to make sure we do things in a way that is peaceful and calm and with a lot of joy as much as it's possible, because I know, you know, every day we have, the days are short and you just don't know how many, how long you have with your children. We don't know what the future holds. And so just really savoring each day and being present in it and giving thanks. You know, it's like, I love the Psalm. It says, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So just a commandment in a way to be present and enjoy the day sufficient for tomorrow are the evils thereof. That's good. I need to hear it myself. I need to hear it myself. Okay. So we're going to link to your book, Mothering by the Book, in the show notes. Where can they connect with you on Instagram? We'll also put that in the show notes, but just say it. Yeah. I'm on Jennifer Pepito or the Peaceful Press on Instagram. And um, you can, if you, if you get my book through the webpage, motheringbythebook.com, there's some pre-order bonuses that are still available. So I'd love for families to just Discover those as well. What kind of goodies? Um, there's a book list of books to overcome fear. There's a course that my daughter and I did walking through the study guide, which I, I love that. And then there's also um, kind of a life planner that helps you sort of map out your values as a family. And I think that's so key for being able to see savor the season when we know, oh, this is what we're about. Yes. That's why I have permission to savor this season. Yes. It's really helpful, y'all. I mean, as even as they get older and it's like, do they participate in that sport or that thing? Well, is it match up with your child? Does it match up with your family? Like a lot of these decisions could be solved if you were real clear on (laughs) 
what is important to you. And it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. For me, like I want some time to sit by a Creek with my kids. And if that means I won't do other things, that's fine. Cause it's the priority. So I think knowing your priorities does help you carve out a life that is peaceful and calm for your family. So good. So good. Well, I hope that everyone listening connects with you and keeps following you. You have a podcast. I actually am a host right now for the wild and free podcast. So I, I, um, I write on the peacefulpress.com as a blog and then Instagram, both mine and my business. So wild and free y'all already probably listened to that one. Right. (laughs) All right. Good to see you. Thanks Thanks, for joining me. Thanks y'all for listening. I want you to know that Stephanie has put links to all the books we mentioned in the show notes. And if you've never checked out the show notes, she also makes uh, and takes the time to add links to other podcast episodes that are on the same topic, similar topics. So if you resonated with some of our conversation about fear, please go check out those other episodes that are linked in the show notes. And if you don't know where to find the show notes, they're always over at don'tmomalone.com. Or if you want them to just pop into your inbox, every Monday I send out an email and it doesn't just have a link to the new show with the show notes. It also has some thoughts from me, some of my favorite things from the week, whether it's something I cooked or something I'm loving as a resource. If you want to get that in your inbox, just go to olaheather.com. Ola starts with an H like Heather, olaheather.com. You can sign up and get that in your inbox. I also just want to take a moment and have us process something that we heard and ask yourself, what is an area of mothering that you need to remind yourself of God's great love and care for you? What's an area that you are feeling fear about and that you maybe need to surrender to his love and care? So I'm going to pray over that for us and just all the things. Lord, I thank you that we are so loved by you and our kids are as well. I know that often fear comes with unknowns and glimpses of things that we see that we are worried about where that's going to lead. And I pray, Lord, that we would know that you are so for us and that you are moving and you are working in our lives. I pray also that perhaps Jennifer's testimony would inspire us to be cultivators of the culture in our home that we can surrender to you, but also walk in intention and that we can do both, that we can choose for our family um, what matters to us and also release the outcomes to you. And I pray that if any part of this episode sparked um some inner healing or a desire to move forward in forgiveness that there would be time you would meet with that mom or dad and work through that with them, that they would feel your comfort and care even in that process. I pray, Lord, that you would guide us every day, that we would seek you first. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all. Just want you to know uh, you can always connect with me over on Instagram at Don't Mom Alone. I'm over there. I'd love to see you. And I'll be back here next week with another amazing guest. So uh, join me. We're going to start this Ages and Stages series. And it's on infants and toddlers. But y'all, it's so much more. 
It's like applicable for all the ages and stages. So meet me back here next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3:17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.